I'm Lindsay with Wild Root Flower Company. And I'm Shannon from Bloom Hill Farm. Over the last six years, we've leaned on each other as we grew our farms into the profitable six-figure farms they are today. We want you to join us each week as we have real, honest conversations about life and business. And we promise you'll leave feeling inspired and your farming toolbox will be filled with actionable strategies you can implement at any stage in your business. Learn from our mistakes as we talk business, marketing, and growing techniques to help you create the farm of your dreams. So let's roll up our sleeves and get the dirt on flowers. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Dirt on Flowers. It's Lindsay, and so today we are um, we're going to be breaking down the ins and outs of farmers markets because I know we talk a lot about mm-hmm. like where could we sell, and farmers markets is always one of those like topics that like people are trying to decide, you know, should I do it, should yes. I not do it, um, mm-hmm. and most importantly we're going to talk about how to increase your sales if you decide to do farmer's markets, which is important. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, I know Shannon, you know this, but like farmer's markets, they're just kind of a gamble to, you know, cause there's so many factors mm-hmm. about them that are just out of your control, whether it's like the weather, or the customer's going to show up. Is there like a new flower farm that's yeah. going to pop up and sell for half price this week? Yes. Um, you know, so those things, but today we're going to talk about, um, all things farmers markets with our friend Jenny Marks of Trademarks Flower Farm, and we're going to learn how to make farmers markets work for you. So, Jenny, I love having you here, seeing your sweet face on the other end of the screen. <laughs> Welcome! I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Thank you. Yeah, yes. yeah. We um, thanks for having me. Yeah. So we. I know Jenny from well Instagram. You're you're one of my Insta friends that I've actually got to meet in person. Um, but we have uh, I don't know. There was just something about your your vibe. I don't know how I explained it to you, but I was like, man, she's I love everything she puts out. She's got great <laughs> blog content, like all these things. So I just we just reached out and kind of were chatting, and then I got to meet her in August in Boston. So that was a really fun fun thing. You're a rock star. You're a New York rock star. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez, thanks. <laughs> and it was really nice because when we were in Boston, I got a chance to meet Jenny. I know Lindsay was like, hey, I have someone who I really, really want you to meet. I know you're going to love her. And she was awesome. Honestly, if you guys have not followed over at Trademarks Flower Farm, you have to do that. She is the best. I, she's one of my favorite feeds. Um, mm-hmm. And her blogs really are good. I, I've read some myself. So Jenny, you're you're awesome. So thanks so much for being here today. Oh, thank so. you so much for having me. It's honestly like such an honor. I feel like you guys oh. have been putting out such awesome, valuable content every week. And it's so cool to be a part of it. So thank you. Oh, thank yeah. you. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah course. So, um, Jenny, you just want to tell people kind of like about your farm and just so they can kind of have an understanding of like how it is you operate and all those fun things. Yeah, of course. So, um, I own Trademarks Flower Farm and we're located in uh, central Western New York state in the Finger Lakes region. And so we are in an area that is really beautiful and well known for like destination weddings. Mm -hmm. Um, But we actually don't do a lot of weddings. I don't like doing them. So we do most of our sales through a farmer's market. We also do a CSA. So Our farmer's market sales are probably about 40, just over 40% of all of our total revenue. Uh, We do a big CSA, which is about 25%. And then the remainder is between wholesale, like small little weddings and events, 
Dahlia Tuber sales and like a couple of really small workshops. So we do a lot of farmer's market, like very retail heavy stuff. And we don't grow a ton of variety on our farm. Every year we sort of narrow our list more and more. And we basically grow one to two main crops of every season. And our growing season is from early April through almost Thanksgiving. So that's just a little bit about what we do. Mm-hmm. You just got a new fancy title, didn't you, with the Northeast Regional Director with the yes, ASCFG? and I am newly elected, brand new, um, Northeast Regional Director of ASCFG. Yay. So I'm really excited about doing that. And I think I'm going to meet a lot more flower farmers in that role and looking forward yeah. to it. I think it's going to be really fun. Awesome. Um, so I know, you know, when we're starting our businesses, a lot of people think that farmers markets are like the first thing. Is it like the gauntlet that you have to run <laughs> when you first start your farm business? It's like it's just expected that you have to do the market. But mm-hmm. I think really the, it's one of the things in flower farming that there are so many varied opinions on. Like you have like the old curmudgeons are like, oh, it's not worth your money. Don't, you know, and then you've got like the newbies who are just like so excited to get, get out there. And so I think, you know, if you're looking at your farm and you're trying to figure out if a farmer's market is right for you, how, how would you, how would you, I guess, encourage people to think about their farms, about whether it would be a good fit for them? It's, I think, like you said, Shannon, it's so dependent on your business, your business goals, Mm -hmm. your location, I think has a lot to do Mm -hmm. with it. And for me, I just got super lucky that I got into a really, really good farmer's market early on, but not all places have that opportunity. So I think that it's a good option if you have a location that's near, usually near a big city or a place where there's a lot of people and a market that is established, been around for a long time, and has a lot of dedicated customers that are already shopping there. So when I first started, I, you know, all I can give is like my sort of um, experience mm-hmm. with it. But mm-hmm. I went and did a bunch of research um, through like the census. And this is something that I highly encourage any new farmer to do is to go look up census information or like USPS has a tool on their website. Um, I think it's called Every Door Direct or something like that, where you can look mm. up um, neighborhoods with highest or really high household incomes and target the markets in those areas. Because as much as I hate to say it, you know, selling flowers at a farmer's market, flowers are sort of a luxury item and the people who can Mm -hmm. afford it are in those neighborhoods. So you want to try to go there. There's a lot of really sad farmer's markets that I'm sure a lot of us have experienced where you go and you're so excited to sell and you bring all of your flowers and then you sell like two bouquets that day. So there's a lot of that. So just doing your research and trying to get into an already established market that's already doing well without you. And then you can take advantage of that. Yeah. How far are you from your market, Jenny? So I'm at 35 minutes from our farmer's market, which I would be hesitant to drive probably more than 45 minutes, I think. But for us, Mm -hmm. it's worth it. It's been worth it. I'm sure we'll get into a lot of this other stuff, but even though we make the 35, 40 minute drive, it's every Sunday. So we go every Sunday, April through around Thanksgiving. Yeah. And, um, you know, even though we're packing up the truck and bringing all of our stuff with us and I'm paying someone to be there for, 
usually about seven hours every single Sunday, we have gotten so many dedicated customers that have bought from other sales outlets from us. We've gotten wedding customers or mm-hmm. CSA customers, and it's really helped spread uh, like our name around the community. So uh, pretty much all of our business is about 35 minutes away at the closest city to us, which is Rochester. I live in a really rural area. I don't know about you guys. I think Lindsay, you live in a pretty rural area as well. Mm-hmm. So in my immediate neighborhood, we have a cute little farmer's market, but it would so not be worth it for me to go because I don't think people would really buy. It's just not really a market for upscale flowers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Our market, I would say our farmer's market isn't either. I mean, I wouldn't call it upscale at all, but it's a it's a good market for us, for the demographic that I'm in. We've tr- we tried another market that was about 45 minutes away, and I just don't think it was the right timing for us to be there you know, in our business. And like, we just, I was trying, I think I was just stretching it a little too far at that point. Might be a different story now if we were going to do it. But yeah, I do dream about those like big city, like Columbus has some of these markets. Cause I know one of the things we're going to talk about is the application process. And for us, it's like, if you sell agriculture, you can show up. So our application process is like, it's just filling out a form and paying a fee, but there's quite an application process, right? For a lot of these markets to be able to get into them. Right, Jenny? Yeah, some of them have really, really stringent requirements and other ones don't. So you kind of have to do your research and see what markets demand what. Yeah. When looking at when looking at the pros and cons of going of selling at a market, even for us like in our area, when we got started, it's it's like the main reason we didn't we didn't really do that good there. But when it was just Jed and I getting started, it was more like trying to develop our brand. So not that they bought from us in that moment, but it's when they thought of flowers, we wanted to be like the community go-to. But now like as the business has changed, it becomes like less worth it to do that because now other avenues are taking our time more. So I know there's a lot of pros and cons, but what I guess what would be like the main pros and cons that you would encourage people to weigh if they're thinking about doing it? Well, I think what you just said, Shannon, is perfect because For a brand new farmer who's just starting out, I think a farmer's market is a great entry point because it's relatively stress-free in that you don't, Mm -hmm. there's not like a ton of pressure to have a specific color or a specific flower at one time. Like you can kind of just bring whatever you have, whatever is blooming that week, not a lot of pressure and just try to sell it. So I think that that is really nice for a beginning farmer that doesn't quite have like timing down or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I love that about my farmer's market is that I literally just bring like leftovers from the beginning, from the week and we sell it. There's no like coordinating colors or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Really. Mm -hmm. There's little to no communication with your clients and your customers ahead of time. That's a big pro for me because One of the reasons I'm not, I don't love doing weddings and events is because I just personally don't feel that I have the uh, bandwidth or the capacity to like sit down at my computer and do a ton of back and forth communication while I have other things to do on the farm. With a farmer's market, you just kind of go and show up. So it's easy to just go. It's also kind of pretty easy to train someone to attend for you. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning, Mm -hmm. like when I started my business, like I was there every single Sunday, always when, but then as the farm grew and my business got bigger, 
you know, I have other demands on my time and it's relatively easy to send someone. It's not complicated and, um, and they really like going. So that's, it's like a fun thing for Mm. our employees to go to the farmer's market and like, they get to go shopping there and we have other farmer's Mm -hmm. friends that they get to hang out with. So another thing that you said, Shannon, is it was a good way when you were figuring out uh, growing your brand. It's a great way Mm -hmm. to get the word out there, like to market your other services and get known in your community. There's a lot of good pros. Like uh, we have a super dependent, super consistent income from our farmer's market. We can depend on a certain amount of money from that every single week. And, you know, weather plays into it a little bit. It might, you know, depending on what's going on, it uh, fluctuates a tiny bit, but we have a lot of people who come and do impulse purchases and it's a pretty consistent income. So that's all the pros that I can think of. But Mm -hmm. as we know, there's also a lot of cons. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, uh, like uh, you guys kind of mentioned, it it may not be the most profitable sales outlet because it does cost more to sell at. You should make sure that your prices are covering those costs for transportation, setup. You have to have, you know, whatever decor, tables and tablecloths, mm-hmm. um, packaging and paying someone to sit there for eight hours, plus your farmer's market fee. From my perspective, if I were to open uh, like a flower shop or something, the expense of going to the farmer's market is so much less than yeah. paying for rent in a big city to have a flower shop that um, it kind of mm-hmm. works out for me for what we like to do for our business. But other cons is that you really do have to be consistent. You have to be there every single week. There's a lot of public interaction, which could be a pro or a con, depending mm-hmm. on who yeah. you are. Yeah. Um, it, it really depends if you like interacting with other people, the weather, you, if it rains on Mother's Day weekend and no one shows up to buy like a ton of flowers that you brought, that's a giant bummer. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to work weekends. So I think most of us in the flower world are used to working weekends. But if that's something that you know, if you have a family, you want to be home, uh, may not be the best option for you if you don't have an employee to send. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. Would you guys agree with those yeah. statements? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The only thing see, I know you, Jenny, and you said that you have to pay somebody to sit there. And I know you don't allow people <laughs> to sit like I do. You, they no <laughs> sitting at farmer's markets. No chairs. No. There's a, <clears throat> I said, no, you said that. I'm like, I think she meant stand there, but yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, we, uh, we have a strict rule, no sitting at the farmer's market. Nope. So thank you for correcting me. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. I just didn't want that one to slip by. So, um, you know, I think because for us, we started with a weekday market. My dad actually worked it for us because I was, I would like pop down on my lunch hour, which was like, this was like very early on. And I look back at my displays and it's like so humbling, you know, it's like, see, it's like, oh, it's so cute. My little flower, like little flower (laughs) uh, tablecloth I had and all this stuff. But the, it was just a very low sales market because it was a weekday market. So Jenny, for like, do you have any like secrets like trade secrets hot no pun intended trades secrets <laughs> for selling tons of product at the um like at a market like what are your tips on that yeah i do i have probably three 
main things that I would encourage people. And I see so many vendors at my farmer's markets making these mistakes and not doing these things. And it's such a shame because they're really easy things you can do to really sell a lot of product. And the probably the biggest, most important one is displaying all your flowers to make it look as abundant as possible. I used to work for a vegetable farm before I started my own uh, flower farm. And the guy I worked for would always send me to the market and he would repeat over and over to me, pile it high and watch it fly. Uh, so I don't know if you guys oh. have ever heard that saying, but it's apparently <laughs> oh, a very popular good. saying in, in the vegetable world. And I took that same thing. Like we used to take all the carrots and make like a wall of root vegetables and just like make it look really, really abundant. And if you ever go to the grocery store, you will notice that they do the same exact thing. Everything in the hmm. produce department and even the floral departments is always stacked. Everything's stacked really high. Everything looks like it's really abundant. If you ever see sparse shelves or anything, it's really not a good sign. It just doesn't look as good. Mm -hmm. So make sure if you're going to a farmer's market, try to make your display look as abundant as possible. Even if you're only bringing a few bouquets, place them all together pretty in a really small area and try to give it height. So we stack our flowers from floor to like ceiling of our tent. So we have multiple layers. We put flower buckets on the ground, on a little bench, on the table, and then on top of like buckets or upside down crates on our table. So it literally mm. looks like a wall of flowers and it works so well. I can't explain it, but one time I had um, a family member go to the farmer's market for me and I didn't explain any of this to them. I had like a family emergency type thing and they just kind of went and they sent me a picture of the display and they're like, oh, all set up. <laughs> and it looked so sparse. They had everything so spread out and we sold, it was the worst sales day we've ever had. Really? So Crazy. it makes it makes a huge difference. It, it makes a huge, huge difference. Mm -hmm. So that's my biggest tip for like selling a ton of product at the farmer's market. You just really want to make it like have that, like that wow factor. Let me say that again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow factor where people walk by and they their eyes just like bug out of their head and they just have to come over and check out what you're doing because it looks so good. Do you worry about them sitting in the sun? Well, we use shade cloth um, or we have like a shade. I don't know what it's called, but I, on our tent, yeah, like a we wall. have a, a big shade wall. Yeah. So mm -hmm. they're always in the shade. And we're lucky, I guess, because we are positioned at our market. So uh, the back of our tent is where the sun is. So we can really easily That's block nice. it out. But it, that yeah. can be a huge challenge, keeping stuff out of the sun. But trying to use any, bring shade, bring a tent, bring a little mister. Yeah, we try to, that's one thing that I get like kind of hung up on because we don't have set positions at our farmer's market and it, we just like are at a different place like every week could be on the other side of the street. So that's something yeah. that we kind of are constantly battling, which is so annoying. You know, I don't know that, that they'll ever change it, but that's just one of the things I always think about is just like, I, I like that display, I like the pilot high and watch it fly. Shannon, that, sh that could be our title for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, also, do you have, cause this is a, always a, a, a thought in my mind, 
do you let them walk into your tent? Do you set up your display so it's like an exterior display or do they come into your tent? So like, do you know what I'm asking as far as like, do they get to like walk in underneath? So we've actually kind of do it two different ways. I would love to have a setup where people walked into my tent, but we don't have the space to do it. We only have a 10 by 10 footprint at our farmer's market. So it's really hard to like fit all the flowers inside of our tent for people to walk in. And we only do that on Mother's Day weekend. We usually bring like, I don't know, triple or quadruple the amount of flowers on Mother's Day Mm -hmm. than we do any other weekend of the year. And that's the only time that we have people walk into our tent because they give us like a special allowance to take up more space than usual. So Mm -hmm. the rest of the time outside of that really popular sales weekend is we put everything right in the very front of our tent and I actually think it probably works better because you catch people's eyes. We make sure we put flowers like on the corner of our tent and we just use a regular like pop-up, you know, like white tent and put everything right out in front. And then we are standing behind the flowers. So there's pros and cons to both, but that's usually what we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you, Shannon? How do you guys set up? We are usually like on the corner. So we'll take two tables Mm -hmm. and we have um, and make like an L shape. And then we're kind of behind the L so that no matter where people are coming in, wh- whichever direction that they can see what we have, which which is nice because people can see us from the road when they're pulling in. And for us, it's like we have buckets on the ground and then we put some on crates. So that's like the next level. And then the table is typically the next level. And so depending on how much we're taking, we're, we're really like shoving it full and like our like our full-time job at the market is connecting with customers, but also re-fluffing, condensing down Mm -hmm. buckets so they look full and beautiful. And I'd rather have like, you know, five buckets completely full than like 10 buckets with like two bouquets in Mm -hmm. each bucket. So fluffing, I know Judd says he's like the the king fluffer. He really is. He will like literally fluff (laughs) flowers all day. If I let him, I'm like, okay, get, get out of there. They got to, they got to see the flowers. Um, but he is like, but really is like, I think having that extra attention to detail with your flowers, because, you know, I try to look at it from a customer standpoint. Nobody wants the last bouquet in the bucket. Yeah, I know. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have always worried about that with the, like walking inside the tent setup that, um, I know from my personal experience shopping, sometimes it makes me feel a little uncomfortable. So I like the whole, like, I'll walk by your tent and eye it and see. So like, I've never wanted to set it up that way because I don't want anybody to feel trapped. Like they have to come in and shop it. So we do the, we set it up where it's like, like that. And we do a similar setup. So buckets on the ground and then we use uh, crates and then on the table and then on the crates on the table. So we just kind of do that same stacking. Hey guys, hopping in here to share an exciting offer from our sponsor, Heirloom Roses. The best roses start with the best roots and the best flowers get the most attention and earn the biggest revenue on farmer's markets, you pick farms, roadside stands, and in online stores. Heirloom Roses, America's premier grower of own root roses, wants you to invest in your farm and choose the only best potted own root roses. Enjoy superior disease-resistant roses perfect for your cutting garden, your farm, and your customer's tables. With over 900 varieties to choose from and a one-year guarantee, Heirloom Roses has every rose you could 
want at www.heirloomroses.com. Take 20% off your order of $100 or more with the code DIRT now through May 30th, 2023. Let's make your world beautiful one rose at a time and find your next roses at www.heirloomroses.com. Okay, guys, let's get back into the show. Do either of you guys do premium bouquets at market? Like where you sell a more stems? Have you guys done that before? I, I don't. We're just tw- we're just the, our bouquet, $20 bouquets, or that's it pretty much. What about you, Jenny? Yeah, yeah we have um, a low, medium, and high-priced oh, okay. item always. And that's just sort of – I found having that little bit of strategic pricing helped increase our sales a tiny bit. We only bring a few mixed bouquets and those are priced pretty high. We usually do between thirty to forty dollars on our mm-hmm. uh, mixed bouquets, and then all the other bouquets are all straight bunches. And having just a few high price items makes everything else look a little bit more affordable. Yeah. yeah. Um. And I found that it has helped our sales a little bit doing that. Yeah, we do a premium one too. Do you? Okay. Do you guys? Do you okay. guys? Okay. See, I've never sold straight bunches at the market. Ours are like all mixed mm-hmm. bouquets. So do you feel like that's yeah. the majority of your sales or people are buying and like mixing and matching them? Or I'm curious as a thought process behind that. So for me, I hate making mixed bouquets. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> I just bring, I would say 90% of what we bring are just straight bunches. And mostly everybody just buys a bunch or two, but we bring only pretty like premium flowers. Like mm-hmm. in the springtime, we're selling, I would say like 90% of our sales in May are just ranunculus. Okay. Then in June, we're bringing peonies. And mm-hmm. so in the in August, we're selling a ton of lysianthus and then dahlias. Mm-hmm. And we're not selling a lot of low priced items like zinnias or, you know, like, I don't want to say cheaper flowers, but you know, more affordable mm-hmm. flowers. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that plays mm. into the reason why or not, but I yeah. just found that they're more profitable to sell straight bunches for me versus the mixed bouquets. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Do you sell we, straight bunches? We, we, yeah, I do. And just okay. select things. So, um, so we always sell the majority of our sales are our $20 price point mixed. And then we mm-hmm. sell a $40 or a $45, depending on what goes in it that week. And we'll sell like we take it a bucket of premium. And so what we notice yeah. is that a lot of our customers were buying multiple bouquets. So they would just rather buy one that just mm-hmm. looks like it and it is it does look bigger because it is, it's got more stems in it and it's a higher price point. And we almost always sell out. Like it's rare. We bring a premium bouquet back because they look at it and they just, the value for the price, what they're getting, if they're, especially if they're buying multiples, you know, that's, that's one way we do it. But straight bunches, we'll sell uh, snapdragons, lysianthus, eucalyptus. Sometimes we'll do zinnias if we have like a bunch and we just want to do like a $10 bunch as like an add on. Cause some people want to get, you know, a regular bouquet and they might want to add lysianthus or they, they mm-hmm. love, or they might just buy snap. I have one lady customer um, that just loves snapdragons and she'll buy just snaps, you know, and maybe grab a thing of eucalyptus. So we do, we sell them pretty much in it. Most of our straight bunches we will do in the summer. And then of course we do mm-hmm. dahlias 
as a straight bunch, but yep. And it's a good, it's a nice little add on because I think, you know, we're selling them for twice what we're selling them to the wholesale customer for like our florist. And they're just a nice little like, Oh, I'll just grab those two. So I think, mm-hmm. I think it does boost sales. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So Lindsay, are the majority of your farmer's market sales mixed bouquets then? Yeah. Yep. I okay. would say, so the other thing we do, yeah, I would say the majority of them are mixed. We also sell a ton of apparel. It's so strange. I mean, it's not really? strange. It's I, it's great. But yeah, we, like I say, when we sell out of flowers, we just turn into a t-shirt company. <laughs> but apparel is really high. Um, we also sell dried flowers year round. We have like bottles and I'll do like, we start pushing Christmas ornaments in like September. You know, we do like dried bottles, all different things with dried flowers, like mini wreaths, fairy wreath kits, like miniature wreath kits that we'll sell. But I, the, the bulk of them was is definitely mixed bouquets. Interesting. I think that's so interesting that, and I find this all the time with flower farmers, but all three of us go to a farmer's market and we all yeah. sell completely differently. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. it's just so dependent on what works for you mm-hmm. and your market. And that's so fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is cool. Yeah. I think like for us with the mixed bouquets is that generally, I think I would have some people like we'll do a straight dahlia bunches and some people will buy them, but generally they're buying the mixed bouquets because there's like a confidence level that's low with the customers that they can put something pretty together on their own. So they just, I think, want more of the finished product. Yeah. And, and as far as the deluxe bouquet, do you sleeve them differently or how do you differentiate do. visually other than them being bigger? Oh, okay. With a different color or? No, we just, well, they do, they are still go, go in our craft. Um, depends yeah. on if they're, it depends on what goes in it. Sometimes they'll go in a clear sleeve, but they're labeled and they're in a different bucket and they sit up. They just look completely different. They're just way bigger. So I think visually they yeah. kind of just already stand out in that way. Okay. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Mm, cool. I, you guys probably all will echo the same with this, but I think cons- being consistent, right? Jenny is just like showing up for market. Cause when we start, I, I don't want to miss a week. Like I don't want to miss a single week from the time we start in March until like we just did our last farmer's market. And, um, I shared it on here a few weeks ago, but somebody called us hardcore and I was like, yeah, like, you know, we were still, <laughs> like, it was such a compliment because I'm like, yes, we are. You know, it's like freezing cold and we're still out there like, you know, slinging greens, but having, and Shannon, you've talked about this with your flower stand, knowing that your customers can show up on these certain days and they're going to have product. It's like, they need that consistency to know that you're going to be there every week. You know, I don't want to have to yeah. be like, oh yeah. You know, it's like, we always figure it out. Yeah. So apart from being consistent, which is super, super important, just genuinely connecting with your customers, or even if they're not people who are going to buy from you, but just people walking you know, past your booth, really just taking an interest in people will help your sales and your business a mm-hmm. lot. And you have to be genuine. Like You have to be interested in people and I say hello to every single person who walks past my booth. Mm -hmm. And generally, I like to talk about the weather because I'm a farmer. What else do I talk about? (laughs) Um, But it makes it more fun, not only for them to have a genuine connection with a flower farmer, like how cool is that? But it makes the farmer's market way more enjoyable. And Mm -hmm. I think the more enjoyable your sales are in your business, the better you're going to do. So just trying to foster like really genuine relationships is important. And I have met 
people at the farmer's market who've become really, really good friends of mine that were just customers. And now we are really good friends. We go out and get drinks and hang out sometimes. Mm -hmm. So it's super fun. Yeah. We've all seen the vendor at the markets who like sit there on their phones the entire time or like just like have to die if anyone says a word. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible. I know. And I've been there as a customer. I've been like, what the, obviously Uh you're just like dying to sell. And I I think when I first started, I was like so reluctant. I I think there's like two extremes, like the ones that are like sitting on their phone doing nothing. And then there's the ones that are like, I just have to, it's so funny because there's this like hustling. Yeah. There's like this like kind of odd cookie vendor at (laughs) I pray they're not listening to this, but, and he's always like, cookies, cookies. It's like, I'm like, shut up. It's annoying. Oh, I'm like, nobody, nobody wants to buy your frigging cookie. Okay. (laughs) You need to to chill out. So it's like a fine line between not caring and like complete desperation. (laughs) It's just be like somewhere in the happy middle, I think. Mm -hmm. So, whoo. Yeah, but I think just Gosh. like eye contact and for me, okay, this is something that I've learned and I make my employees do it too, but I hate being idle at a farmer's market. That is like the worst thing because yeah. I'm like, you know, I don't want people to feel weird. Like I'm staring at them like, come buy my flowers. <laughs> Again, like desperation. <laughs> but so like I'll take make them take a box of sleeves and like sticker sleeves because yeah. at least like movement, it's like people want to mm-hmm. feel comfortable coming to look without feeling like you're going to like attack like, them I'm always staring like, hey, them down yeah, yeah let me know if you have any questions part of the fun's looking so you know take your time and I really try to like make it pretty no pressure but I think movement is a really important piece too yeah yes. yeah I agree with 100%. that <laughs> mm-hmm. so what other key marketing and sales techs techniques do you think we should be doing at markets, Jenny, from your experience? Well, I think what you just said is a huge one, actually, just not not just sitting there and doing nothing. We have a very strict rule that there's absolutely no sitting, no looking at your phone while you're at the market. Mm -hmm. And it's really, it makes people feel more welcome to come in. And there really isn't any time to sit at our market. Um, like you said that Judd was the flower fluffer. Yeah, he's the fluffer, yeah. <laughs> My husband, Matt, actually also loves fluffing the flowers. So I think that's so funny. Yeah. I don't know. But that's we're always doing that, always um consolidating. You know, if there's a bucket with just one or two bouquets, we're taking that bucket out and consolidating the flowers, always being attentive to people, but not talking at them, like yeah. you said. Um, mm. And then I think that even though I think that your booth should always portray a lot of abundance, I think it's also important to create scarcity at the same time. So that's where being um, a local flower farmer comes to your advantage, because naturally, if you're growing with the seasons, you're only going to have flowers for a short amount of time. Like we only have ranunculus April and May. We only have peonies Mm -hmm. in June and Mm -hmm. conveying that to your customers like, well, we have these peonies, but you know, we're only going to have them for the next two weeks or whatever. I mean, obviously without being too pressury, letting them know that we really Mm -hmm. only have this magical, beautiful product for a few weeks out of the year. So now's the time to get it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that that really helps. And I know we mentioned it before, but for me, strategic pricing has been helpful. And at first, when I 
started doing that, I felt a little like manipulative. Like I was like, oh, I, I know that these premium bouquets I'm bringing, I'm kind of pricing them really high to make everything look more affordable. And I, I felt like a little sleazy at first, but <laughs> I what I came to realize is these mixed premium mixed bouquets really are worth, you know, like $40 or whatever we're pricing them at. Mm-hmm. Like they're beautiful. They're all color coordinated. We took a lot of time to put them together. So what I'm selling really does have value. And I want to make um, a value scale for everybody. So we have low price items. So if people just want to buy a five or $10 bunch, they can do that. Whereas if there's somebody shopping for a birthday gift, or they're going to visit someone in the hospital or or just for themselves, they can get those higher price items as well. So Mm. I think just being a good person overall (laughs) is like a really key thing to um, increasing your sales and saying thank you. Like I had this Mm -hmm. girl who worked for me who was such a doll and I loved her so much. Um, And it was her first day working for me at the farmer's market and I was training her. And someone came up to her and said, oh my God, these are the most beautiful flowers I've ever seen. And she just smiled and went, mm-hmm. And I was like, say thank you. Yes. <laughs> say thank you. And she was like, well, they're not my flowers. They're your flowers. And I was like, no, no, you work here. They're yes. like, you have to like yeah. say thank you. Yes. Like be grateful for our customers. They're, yes. We wouldn't be here without them. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I've had uh, people at the farmer's market, like some of the guys that like run the farmer's market, they they give me, well, one guy in particular gives me a lot of um, crap. Marcus, actually, the soils guy we had on earlier in the year, he just harasses me that I don't let my girls sit because I'm the only one I think that does not have a chair and or a stool of any sort. And so like I will leave the market and he will put a lawn chair over there and like oh just God. say like, oh, they're sitting and he'll like take pictures and send it to me. I'm like, I know my girls better. They want a job more than they want to sit in that chair. So they're <laughs> not going to sit. <laughs> and, oh, it's like oh. I they shouldn't have anything to do to sit. They should be like constantly you know, like we're saying, just moving or condensing or, you know, having conversation or whatever, you know, with somebody. So, oh yeah, there's always trying to put those girls up like they're, like they're into something mischievous, but (laughs) I know better. (laughs) So I know Jenny, there's like so many parts and pieces that go to analyzing costs and trying to figure out profit with a farmer's market. So like how, what is your process to kind of know if you're making money or if you should be continuing to do farmer's markets? I think this is probably the most important conversation we could Mm -hmm. have. Um, But keeping good records is the number one most important thing. And it doesn't have to be hard. I have a super simple form that I made, just like a Word document, because I'm a simpleton. (laughs) And I just have a little notebook that I have this for, I print it out, bring the notebook with me to every single farmer's market. And it's so simple. I just write down what we bring. So, you know, ranunculus bunches, anemone bunches, um, narcissus bunches, mixed bouquets, Um, So it's just a list. And I write down the number of bunches we brought with us. So we count everything before we get there. Then we sell everything. And at the very end of the market, we count what we have left over. So I know 
how many bunches we bring home, which is like, I guess, a form of a shrink sheet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then we know exactly how much we sold. I also write down the price point of what we sell everything at. So we have in one form how many bouquets we sold, the revenue from each type of product, whether it was a mixed bouquet or whatever type of straight bunch. And it's for every single week we do that and it takes like 10 seconds and we can simply glance at it at the end of the year to see what our revenue was. And we do that because we do a lot of, um, or we do some cash sales. If you use Square or another like credit card processing um, company, obviously they have that all written out for you. But that is probably the most important tool you can have in keeping track of whether you're making a profit or not. And then I sit down every winter and I um, do a farm, like a budget analysis for every one of our uh, sales outlets. So for the farmer's market, I sit down and I think about all of our expenses that go with that and just sort of compare the two um, between our sales and our expenses to see how much money we're actually making at the farmer's market. And I also see exactly how much we're making from every product we sell at the farmer's market. So Mm -hmm. I think just keeping records and taking the time, even if it's just once in the winter to sit down and really think about your expenses and write them out in detail is, it's just so important to the health of your business and your bottom line. And if you're not doing it, you really really should start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What's better than that? Like instantaneous feedback too about what crops sold mm-hmm. what, and then just like plugging that into your crop plan to like make those changes for next year. Like, hey, could I really use more pink snapdragons or whatever the case, you know? So um, yeah, I mean, we, we talk about that not just with, but with everything we do, how much that feedback is in your business so that you can pivot on certain crops to try and make sure what you're doing is profitable at the end of the day. Cause we are here to make money at the end of all this. <laughs> yes. yes. And it's just like, you just have to start somewhere. I think it's intimidating mm-hmm. with like records because, and Jenny and you and I talked about this, I think in Boston was like, you can really get in the weeds with what to track. I mean, they can talk about, you know, enterprise budgets and all these things and looking at crop costing on specific crops. And it's like, okay, well, what's the point at some, you know, on some of them, some of them, Mm -hmm. it's definitely you, you want to dive in dahlias maybe, or there's something that you're, you're questioning if you're making money on, but with anything, it's like, you can get too over the top with record keeping. It's like, just keep it simple, keep it simple, start somewhere. And that's a great way to start. I mean, I still have, I actually just put stuck it in a drawer, but I, I mean, I still have the same notebook that I use. That's just like a, a detailed out, like weathered event thing that I've had since 2017. And so it's like, I can just quickly go back and look at like, you know, week 30, we were at this degree and, you know, we got a crazy storm or whatever it is. And so it can be intimidating, but just it, you just got to start. But yeah, that's great. I think that's great, Jenny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Keep it simple. I mean, that's like my mantra for my entire business is like, keep Mm -hmm. it up. Farming is complicated enough. (laughs) Like the simpler and easier I can make it, the better. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Yeah. Okay, Jenny. Anything else you want to add to all of our newbies or people considering doing a farmer's market? Any words of encouragement? Any advice? Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> I, I say that if you're just starting out, I would try to find a good farmer's market to 
give it a try. Like it, I know it's different for everyone and everyone's business is different. Like it may not be the right decision for you, but the one farmer's market that we currently attend, I struggled to get my business off the ground for years before I got into this farmer's market. And the year that we got in, my business just exploded. We Mm -hmm. were exposed to so many people and a whole new community. We networked with a whole bunch of other small businesses. We had like a lot of my customers that came to buy flowers from me were other small business owners in the area. And we ended up partnering with a lot of them for our CSA pickup locations. And so Mm -hmm. it was really, I just, I love our farmer's market. It was really great for me. And I think that it does take the right market and you really should do your research, like look into your demographics, into the neighborhood, you know, go visit the markets ahead of time and see what their, um, you know, what their requirements are, because some of them have pretty stringent requirements to be there. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, I guess just give it a try. If you're starting out, it's a really good, like low pressure Mm -hmm. outlet to start with. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Jenny. I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah, thank, thank you so you. much. Where can our listeners find you? So I am uh, at trademarksflowers.com. That's where our website is. But I'm also on Instagram and our handle is uh, Trademarks Flower Farm. You can find me on there. And uh, same with Facebook, we're Trademarks Flower Farm. I'm not on Facebook that much. So if you want to give me a shout or if you have questions, <laughs> feel free to email me through my website or you can send me a message on Instagram. Aww. Thank you. All right, Jenny, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. This was super fun. And I can't wait to see both of you in person, hopefully sometime <laughs> soon. Yeah, I know. Twice, it will be. It'll be soon. Yes. Yeah, awesome. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. I, I really say this with so much endearment, but you guys are literally like the best bunch of dirt bags around. <laughs> the best group ever. <laughs> I, I just, we really appreciate you listening. So if you have not yet hit that subscribe button to make sure that you don't miss out on any future episodes. If you get a second, hey, leave us a review. It will help us get more people's earbuds. And we always pick about each month, we pick one Dirt on Flowers Insider to offer a free 15 minute coaching call. So we have to leave a review for that. And plus it just it gives us so much good feedback and we really do love hearing from you on that. But head over to our Instagram at Dirt on Flowers and mess- send us a message. We love talking with you, following up with you on episodes. Give us your feedback. We love to hear it all. So thanks again, guys. We'll see you at the same time, same place next week.